Locked On Podcast Network. Big game this Sunday between the Steelers and Browns. Uh, Jeff Lloyd is with me from Locked On Browns. Jeff, how you doing? Uh, could be better, uh, uh, guys. You know, Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns here. Tony, obviously, uh, I, we might be the first ones to get to go here for the second, you know, divisional crossovers. Uh, it, it actually only seems like yesterday I was, you know, talking to him as we were getting ready to kick off. I don't even think my kids were in school, and all of a sudden now here we are knee-deep into it. Uh, brought to you here by, uh, tonight by Vivid Seats. I'm um, going to give you some breakdowns. Uh, one of the things we were just discussing before we got going here is there's a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of differences that go on in the NFL in, in this quick of a period. Um, I'm going to ask this first one to Tony here, um, and this really isn't one of the differences because it, here it is, and, and we were kind of wondering whether or not we were going to see him week one. Now it's, are we ever going to see Le'Veon Bell again in Pittsburgh, Tony? It, it just, it will, the, the drama will not end with Le'Veon Bell. I feel like every day on the podcast I have to talk about it because there's some new news about it, but it does seem like Le'Veon Bell will return next week uh, after the trade deadline. I think at this point, the, the, the indication is that Le'Veon doesn't want to be traded. The Steelers have thrown his name out there as someone who could be traded, and, and so you know, he's going to wait until next week after the trade deadline to come back. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the last time you and I talked, it was, you know, will Le'Veon show up for this game? If it's not, will he show up for the Chiefs game? And, you know, he's, he sat out basically half the season. But you know, back then we were talking about the Steeler running game and James Conner very differently. There were a bunch of question marks about whether or not James Conner could carry the load in this way and would the Steelers even have a running game without Le'Veon Bell. And now the conversation in Pittsburgh it could not be more different. Even if Le'Veon Bell shows up, I'm not sure the Steelers are going to start him. Certainly not right away. They're going to have to get him back into football shape. But, you know, James Conner, especially over the past two weeks, has looked very, very good as a running back. And, and you're right. I mean, this offense, the Steeler offense, looks so different because it, it's centered around James Conner now and not Le'Veon Bell. Well, I think that's, for me, I was kind of hoping Le'Veon Bell was going to come back this week because it would be something that would make things a little bit more diff- difficult for Pittsburgh because now you got to factor in his touches. Um, you know, Conner has been fantastic. There's no way around it. Um, you love the fact that he's a local kid. You yeah. love the story. You know, that, that's a guy a fan base, fan base can get behind. And you talk about a city like Pittsburgh, you know, working class mentality. You know, you, they see the guy like Conner who's busted his tail just to get healthy again, let alone succeed. And a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who's, you know, crying over the only $13.5 million that he's getting here this year. And it's just, you know, I mean, Le'Veon Bell has kind of wrote his, written his own ticket here, and his own ticket is out of town. Absolutely. I don't think there's any way the Steelers can bring him back at this point. You, you, you mentioned it, right? The fourteen and a half, thirteen and a half, whatever it is, million dollars that Le'Veon's getting paid this season or would have been paid under the franchise tag if he would have showed up. Yeah, look, that money now is back in the Steelers' pockets after he didn't show up, and so he didn't get his money. But in the meantime, James Conner has taken his spot, and James Conner is due $850,000 next season. I don't see any way, if if James Conner continues this kind of play throughout the rest of the season, I don't see any way the Steelers even offer Le'Veon Bell a contract because, again, they save so much money by going with a guy like James Conner. Now, on the Cleveland side, I mean, a lot has changed for, for the Browns as well. The last time you and I talked, it was Tyrod Taylor at the helm, Josh Gordon at wide receiver, uh, and it was Carlos Hyde at running back. It feels like, you know, what was a already rebuilt Browns offense coming into the season? Here we are six, seven weeks later. It's a completely rebuilt offense again. Uh, I, I think what it was is I, I think some of the young kids came along a little faster than expected. Look, Baker Mayfield and, uh, you know, I said it at our first post game after, you know, the, the Pittsburgh tie. I said, look, I can get this that I got from Tyrod Taylor from a rookie quarterback. And then it was week two in the same. Well, and then you know a lot of listeners. Oh, come on, Jeff. The weather was terrible. Da da da. I said, all right, okay. Then they went down to New Orleans, and I said, look, I can get a boneheaded interception late in the fourth quarter from my rookie quarterback. And then that Thursday night, and first off, we were all 
fired up. Fired up. National television. A winnable game. And we got to see Tyrod Taylor for 29 minutes. And it, everybody was just, Bleh. and it was, oh, my God. Are we going to watch all of this? Or are we going to you know go to bed early for work tomorrow? Tyrod ended up getting hit. Obviously, you no know, hurt. Uh, taken out of the game. Baker, it came in, and it just literally took off. I mean, it, it, everything was so much different. Uh, throws over the middle of the field. Throws between the hash marks. More challenging throws. Um, not just taking stupid sacks like Tyrod Taylor, who is great athlete and a veteran, should not be doing. And it was just obvious. It was like, well, you know, whatever your plan was, and if you didn't want to sit the kid, it's over. You have no choice now. You're not putting this court back in the bottle. The city's in love. The kid is doing it well, and it just took off. Um, Carlos Hyde, this was another one. You know, week in, week out, it was, you know, look, other than the Jet game, and I will give him the Jet game, he had a strong game. But you'd look in, in each postgame show, we'd go back, oh, Carlos Hyde, oh, look, Carlos Hyde had a nice first quarter, a couple of runs, one over 11 yards, one of nine yards, and then you'd get to the grand total, and it was Carlos Hyde ran for 3.3 yards per carry again, when you had much more athletic guys. Uh, Nick Chubb, look, I know the Browns had a first grade on Nick Chubb. There was a lot of buzz going into the second round of the draft. Nick Chubb, there's multiple teams that had a first round grade on him and are ecstatic that he's still available. Who took him at 37? Cleveland Browns. He was one of those teams. So he's just absolutely, and, you know, the runs he had, the Oakland game, you know, he was able to show it. And, you know, John Dorsey just said, look, guys, I don't know who's the fault here that my guy's not getting any run, but you're going to play him because 34 <laughs> ain't here. He's getting on a plane to Florida, but his plane is headed to Jacksonville. He ain't going to Tampa. So, and Nick is, he, he took to it well, his first start. Um, and, you know, the yards per carry, much higher rate, closer to 4.4. Uh, uh, almost broke a touchdown run late in the game. And he probably had another in him that was almost held back by a penalty. Just a better player, younger, more athletic. It, it, it was just time. And the worst part about that this past Sunday in Tampa was you had a fourth and goal at the one. You ran a QB sneak with Baker Mayfield. There was the time after this young man gave you a touchdown to say, you want to know what? You're our guy. Go get me the stinking yard. And, you know, but they didn't. But look, at the end of the day, Chubb had a good day. Nice debut. Uh, The receivers, I think they just got to the point where, look, Josh Gordon, it's just so hard. And I think they just said, look, we can't anymore. We just can't. And part of the reason was is because Josh Gordon was no longer the first or second best player on this team. Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Larry Ogunjobi, all these guys that now have better resumes of what they've done football-wise in the last couple of years. And it was, you don't deserve any chances anymore. And they moved on. Look, he may do great things in New England, and right now he looks good. But this is usually the part where Josh Gordon's going to go rip your heart out because something stupid is going to happen. It does feel like, though, the Browns are, are maybe a little thin at wide receiver. Am I reading that right? I mean, it's, it seems like, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? I mean, like you said, Carlos Hyde was very good last week. I think Najoku has been very good at tight end. Landry's been all right, but it does feel like the, the, the Browns are, are hurting at wide receiver a little bit. Well, the, the, the issue is, is Baker Mayfield has kind of established a really good uh, you know, relationship with Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins, yeah. a few years ago, was a fifth-round pick. But you notice his absence. Um, now, Derek Willies, he was the guy who was the savior in overtime against the Baltimore Ravens. 43-yard play. Got the, got the ball to the other side of the field. They were able to get it a little bit closer. Get the field goal to win it. And if you look at this individually, whether it's Jarvis Landry, whether it's Antonio Callaway, whether it's Derek Willies, whether it's... Um, it was Art Higgins, whether it is Damian Ratley, five wide receivers. Each one of those guys has had a 63-yard game or more. So they've shown that they can do some things, which is pretty impressive if you have five wide receivers on a roster that have done this you know, to this point. We're only in week seven. 
So these guys can all bring a little bit something to them. But I, look, it stinks to not have Higgins right now because it's looked like Baker, when he's in a tough spot, that's the guy he's looking for. And people aren't giving Higgins the credit I think he deserves here. But you know, this, the whole of this wide receiving core looks to be pretty good. Is something going to be need to be added going further? Whether it's a true number one guy and then everyone feeds off of that, or do you need maybe a, you know a, a, maybe a slot guy or a guy that's really good on crossing routes, or you find something that's going to suit Baker, just one more weapon. But you know, at the end of the day, these guys have all accomplished something, and, and I want to see the youth here. And let's find out the guys who are going to be here in Cleveland in 2019, or the guys who are the definite no's. And that's that's the way I think they should keep rolling with that. Yeah, it does. It does feel. Yeah, I think you're right. I, mean, I think the the receiving core, I guess, in in Cleveland isn't bad. It just it does it does feel like there is no true number one. I mean, Jarvis Landry is is good, but I don't think Jarvis Landry can handle the load. He's as paid a like one. a one, but he's not a one. Yeah. How do you how are you guys feeling about Todd Haley so far? Todd Haley, the the former coordinator. For the Steelers, you know, checking in on Browns games here and there and watching them run draw plays on on third and long or, you know, little dump offs on third and long Steeler fans. I mean, that drove them crazy over the past five, six years. How, how are you guys taking to, uh, to Todd Haley? Uh, the issue right now is he's um, look, the offensive line does have their issues. Um, the problem is, is they can give Baker, you know, they can give him about two point six, two point seven seconds most of the time. And Todd Haley, I mean, you know this. I mean, you're playing two offensive tackles. Obviously, you know Chris Hubbard well. Desmond mm-hmm. Harrison, these guys are maybe 290 pounds. So, I mean, they are really light for offensive tackles. So, a lot of, you know, the pass pro really isn't there. And Todd's got some real long developing pass plays with a bad, you know, I wouldn't say bad pass blocking, but average pass blocking, a rookie quarterback, a bunch of rookie young wide receivers. It's just not really the best recipe right now. And Baker is hurting him a little bit because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, everything that these guys are doing from college to the NFL now is, you know, snap quick. They know where everything's supposed to go. These long developing plays are hurting a little bit. But I can't complain. This offense is scoring 22 points a game. Yeah. I mean, haven't I'm, done that in years. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this this Browns offense against the Steelers defense. You know, you mentioned that game on Thursday night where Baker came in, and I – you know, like I, I was excited that Baker Mayfield went to the Browns because I, you know, I want the Browns to be good again. I want this Steelers-Browns rivalry to be renewed. And so Baker Mayfield, the guy with that kind of moxie that Cleveland needed going there, you know, I was excited to watch that. But I'll tell you what, that Thursday game, watching Baker Mayfield come in and play as well as he did as a Steeler fan, terrifying. Because the, the Browns have, I mean, you can tell, you could tell right in that moment that if they may not have the nucleus today to be a winning football team, but they're not going to be that far away with a guy like Baker at the helm. I'm very excited to see Baker Mayfield go up against the Steeler defense, a Steeler defense that has, for the past couple weeks, actually looked like a competent NFL defense, whereas the three weeks prior to that, the Chiefs lit them up for 42, although the Chiefs light everybody up. They nearly gave one away in Tampa after getting four turnovers in the first half, and then they played against Baltimore, just couldn't get a stop in that football game. The last two weeks, the Steelers defense has actually looked competent. Now we go into the, the Steelers going into the bye week. You know, I'd love to. I, I just want to see more of this team, more of this defense, and I think a matchup against the Cleveland Browns is is very exciting again because this is this is going to be the future of the Steelers Brown rivalry. The, the the nucleus is there for the Browns today. Baker Mayfield, you know, Nick Chubb, David Njoku. I think those three young guys uh, can do some damage in this football game. 
Yeah, um, Najoku. It's been it's been light years since Baker's been playing. Um, you know, because you know, David works the middle like a tight end does, and Baker will throw it there. And you, know, Tyrod Taylor was afraid to throw deeper balls in the back of the end zone. David Njoku can do some stuff that looks kind of like wide receiverish. You saw with the touchdown reception he had last last week in Tampa Bay. I, I love what's here, and you know, and it's first things first. We were well in the draft talk. This time last year on Lockdown Browns, we already had <laughs> once a week. Wednesday night was draft night. We are we had you know Dane Brugler on, Matt Miller, all the big names because we were already there. Um, we're not there yet this year. Look, I do I think this team's going to make the playoffs? No, but we're not there yet. But the other thing is, we don't have to talk about a quarterback. We really ain't right. got to talk about running back. You know, we we're probably going to need a left tackle and let the other two guys fight out who's going to play right tackle. We need a little more interior defensive line help. Another cornerback be nice. But after that, it's just straight depth that needs to be acquired here because, you know, John Dorsey flipping 31 of the 53. And look, there's a nice mix of Sashi's guys in here. And, you know, because I'm not one that's going to, you know, t- take a side here on either one of them. Both guys, you know, Sashi's plan may have been a little bit longer, you know, but John Dorsey kind of got to come in here. You know, he was kind of like the animal that saw the roadkill, but the first one got ran over going to the roadkill and he got it all to himself. And he's putting together real nice here. And I, and I love the future they have. And, and it's a lot closer than I think some people are ready to admit. Yeah, the Browns play pretty much everyone. I mean, only, only that game against the Chargers. I mean, that was a you – know, that game got out of hand. But other than that, the, the Browns play everyone close. I mean, I know, you know they're, they're still the Browns, and they lose in silly ways, and they did last week against the Bucks. But you know, they're not a football team that's, that's a, an automatic W like has been the case in, in the past couple years. And we, and we saw that in this football game, Steelers-Browns week one. The Steelers turned the ball over – six times in that game and that, I mean again it's no that's no uh you know it was it wasn't a fluke in that football game because the Browns have been one of the best teams at, at getting turnovers uh before we before we transition to talk about the Browns defense the Steelers offense want to let you guys know about Vivid Seats an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime for Steelers and Browns fans that means a trip out to the stadium this game huge going to be in, in Heinz Field nothing like seeing these teams in person you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, use the promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. And every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. All right, and then let's transition over to talking about the Browns' defense. I mean, the Browns' defense was terrific in this game week one. Again, causing havoc in that game. They got a big red zone turnover early in that game to stop the Steelers from scoring. The young Denzel Ward looks like a superstar. And again, they you know you go back and re- re-watch the draft, and, and they were so soundly criticized for not taking Bradley Chubb and taking Denzel Ward in that spot. Denzel Ward looks like a star. He's, look, the only thing, the concerns I had is, if you take a cornerback at four, you're looking for like a Patrick Peterson type of return of investment, a Deion Sanders type of return investment. And he was a little bit undersized, but there has been nothing, nothing to criticize Denzel Ward to, to, to this point about. Um, turns the ball over, uh, the coverage, and a couple another huge uh, pass breakups. Uh, covered Deshaun Jackson on about a 30-yard route to the back of the end zone. Waited to the right op- optimal time. To sh- Jackson's hand started to touch the ball. Denzel Ward was in there. Uh, he challenges screens. He challenges run. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty. Uh, just he's been a fantastic selection. 
And, you know, maybe, you know, could they use a little more pass rush? Yes. But Denzel Ward is everything is advertised as a cornerback one. And now you've got that guy. To, now they've got depth at every level. You've got Miles Garrett. You've got Larry Ogunjobi. You've got Christian Kirksey. You've got Joe Schobert in the linebacker position. You've got a corner that you can trust. I mean, and these are, these are what you build around these types of guys. And Denzel Ward has just been an absolute treat to watch at this point. Yeah, he's been terrific. I mean, you know, and you you match him up there with Miles Garrett as a pass rusher. I, again, it feels like whereas we talked about offensively having that nucleus of a team you can really build around, it does feel like you know you go to the you go to the defensive side with Cleveland. And again, they've got that nucleus that they can build on. They're not there yet. They're not a great defense today, but they have the they have certainly have the makings of one. Uh, this this game in Week One was very much about James Conner. We talked about that. Conner had a very good game there, but but again, he turned the ball over and turnovers for the Steelers were killer. I, I'm yeah, the, the pass rush for the for the Cleveland Browns has been. I mean, they've been monsters all year. They were in Week One. I think for the Steelers, looking at what they have to do offensively, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger has to get rid of the ball quicker. And that Week One game, I don't think I, I you know, clearly the game plan with Greg Williams is you know, bring bring pressure and bring pressure from everywhere. But it didn't feel like the Steelers in that game had the kind of early release. They didn't have the 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 belief in Connor out of the backfield is enough, or you know, Ben Roethlisberger just wasn't didn't play well in that football game, and it led to the kind of big turnovers in that game. I think part of it was though is I think you know nobody knew yet, nobody yeah. knew, and you know the, you know in Pittsburgh and it was like oh it's week one, well we look a little sloppy, it's the Browns, we'll be all right, everything's going to be all right, and then the turnovers just kept persisting. Um, you know, obviously you're going to be a little more aware of it this time. Look, Miles Garrett, this is what he does. I mean, this is just the guy he is. Seven sacks through uh, seven games. Um, you know, he's and he's smart with his hands. He knows what to do. Um, one of the biggest things that came out of last week is Emmanuel Ogba looks like he is getting healthy again. Uh, you know, had a sack and a half. Uh, had a couple, a couple balls batted down. So if you could put that with him and Larry with Miles and Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Jannard Avery is probably still going to be a linebacker this week. You guys got to see him pretty much as a, a nickel and dime pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, with the injury to Schobert, Kirksey went to the middle. Uh, you know, Avery's at a linebacker spot. The one thing they did last week, which is you know Greg Williams, we've given him a lot of heat for you know being a guy who will never change things up. Had you know they were look they were already down to their fourth and fifth cornerbacks. You know they have two guys out right now. Terrence Mitchell was playing really really well. He's out. EJ Gaines, you know, EJ Gaines is a player that everybody likes, but popped up Thursday with a concussion in the protocol, then was out for Sunday. Greg Williams actually said, you want to know what, Demarius Randall, we brought you here to be our free safety, but I don't know if I have a corner better than you right now. You're going to play corner this week. Breen Body Calhoun, who we really haven't seen much from since Juju Smith-Schuster gave him a tough time in week one, yeah. barely playing. He started a free safety. He played phenomenal. PFF's, uh, PFF grade of 79. So it's going to be interesting how they play it out this week. It'll be great if EJ Gaines can play because now it's going to give Greg some versatility. He can do some looks where Randall plays corner and you know uh, uh, Body Calhoun plays free safety. You've got Gaines. Um, they're a little short right now with the injuries on defense, but uh, you know Greg Williams, if he can get EJ Gaines back this week, it's going to give a little bit more depth. And it should allow him to be able to mix and match and do some different things, which you're going to have to do with a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, are the Browns playing? I know they want to play more man. They were 60-40 zone man, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. Are they playing more man-to-man this year? Are they playing? Are they still sticking to kind of a zone zone scheme? They're. It's. I think if they had their full allotment of cornerbacks, you would you'd get a lot more man. They liked what Terrence. Yeah. The thing with Terrence Mitchell is. When you can get a cornerback, too, who creates turnovers as well, 
it, it really doesn't matter. Look, I mean, he can get beat sometimes, but if he's creating turnovers, and I believe he had three turnovers in, in you know the three games that he played, that was showing really, really well. And it's kind of where the league is trending right now. You understand you're going to give up yards. But when that opportunity is there, whether it's a strip or it's an interception, you better get it because, look, I mean, these teams are scoring at an insane rate. So turning the ball over, sacks, whatever it is, whatever you can do to stop things or create turnovers, you got to do it. And they've been doing it really well to this point. Yeah, you hit on it. It has been such an offensive-centric year. It's, it's, it's such a weird year because, you know, I look at the Steeler defense and it's played so poorly at times. And then I look at uh, Football Outsiders and their DVOA, you know, where they try to, they try to you know, contextualize everything. And, and they have the Steelers ranked as an as a average defense in the NFL, which is just crazy to me. But, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, been, an, it's been all offense all year. It's interesting because, again, last time we didn't really talk a lot about Vance McDonald. I mean, you know, Vance McDonald was still coming off of – Injury after preseason. I don't think he played. Camp. Yeah, I don't think he played that week, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't I, yeah, I don't, if he, uh, yeah. If he you these, thought maybe he would play, and then he ended up not playing. I think, I think, yeah, I think that, the had, bad field probably didn't help. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, because again, he had that foot injury. He has turned out to be a star on this offense, on the Steeler offense. Looks and like I a think, little. Like, it gives you a little bit of a Gronk look. Yeah, like I mean, he's, he's shoving yeah, dudes around. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, look, I'll take poor man's Gronk. It's fine, fine by me because this Steeler offense. You know, they've just struggled so often in the past. You know, everyone talks about they have, they've had Le'Veon Bell and they've had Antonio Brown. They've really struggled, though, to find anyone else in the offense who can really be a playmaker. I mean, they had Martavis Bryant for the year, for that one year. But now you look at the Steeler offense and you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think is emerging as a star receiver in, in this league on his own. And again, he benefits from the fact that he plays alongside Antonio Brown and every coverage is still shifting Antonio Brown's way but the same can be said for Vance McDonald who I think has been again he's been terrific this year and in a matchup like this where it's going to be all about getting rid of the football quickly you know, having guys like Jesse James and and Vance McDonald who can get who can kind of sit down in, in his own defense be an easy safety valve the same can be said for James Conner I think that's going to be a real key for the Steelers offensively just get rid of the ball quickly that the Steelers have not been successful in, in going deep James Washington their uh, their rookie receiver non-existent so far throughout the, the 2018 season. This feels like a game that is going to be dictated by the success of Ben Roethlisberger getting rid of the ball quickly, and that, that means quick passes to Vance McDonald, to Jesse James. Ryan Switzer has also been a terrific acquisition uh, for the Steelers. It does feel like that sort of game uh, when the Steelers are on offense. Uh, Ryan Switzer, actually my boy. I got to talk to him during his draft process. Um, I've actually talked with his father through social media for years. Uh, really liked the kid. Really liked the player. I, you know, I kind of wish there was an opportunity where he was available that a team I like could have gotten their hands on him. <laughs> I really like Ryan Switzer. So, uh, you know, fun player there. Uh, guys, um, Matt Williamson, host the Locked On NFL podcast, uh, does a fantastic job with it. Uh, Monday shows or guys like myself, guys like Tony, whatever game has some significant impact over the weekend. You know, we go on with Matt, you usually get three to four teams or whatever talking about Sunday's action. Tuesday, you get Sage Rosenfeld, obviously a long-term NFL quarterback. With all these young quarterbacks in the NFL today, you get a lot of great quarterback play from Matt Williamson. Uh, Mike Renner from PFF on Wednesday does a fantastic job. You know, you get player grades. And what I liked and I appreciate about the guys at PFF now is they're starting to give you some more explanation to it. And, you know, when, and, and I know I have John Costco come on my show once a week. And he's able to say, well, you know, well, this is what you guys saw, but this is the way we grade it. And it's starting to give a little more understanding, uh, you know, to one of the, you know, big, big powerhouses in football, which is pro football focus. Thursdays, you get Mike Sando from ESPN. Fridays, Matt does his pick'em show, gives you his picks for the weekend. So Matt Williamson, the Locked On NFL podcast, he does a fantastic job over there with it, guys. And then you want to finish up today with our predictions? How are you? How do you see 
the, the Steelers-Browns round two playing out? I, first things first is how it plays out, it's going to be... I don't know so much exactly how it plays out is the most important thing. The most important thing is how does this team, which is foundationally set for the future, go into their first battle in Pittsburgh? Because this is a once-a-year thing, and you want to start talking about winning divisions, or you want to start talking about going to playoffs. These are games you can't just put on the calendar and say, oh, we're going to lose because we're going to Pittsburgh. So I want to see how Baker Mayfield handles this. And look, you know, Pittsburgh, because he's playing on Cleveland's, there, everybody in that building is going to say it's Johnny Manziel 2.0 to see how Baker handles himself. Um, I want to see how Nick Chubb handles himself. Look, this wide receiving core outside of Jarvis Landry, these are a bunch of young kids. But if you want to be a Cleveland Brown and you wouldn't be part of the success here, this is a place you got to do it. you got to go here once a year. And for look, right now, everybody's trying to take what the Pittsburgh Steelers are and they're trying to take it from them. And so I want to see it. If they Do I think they're going to win? I don't think they're going to win. But I do want to see, I, I don't want to see another Charger effort. And this has been the good thing to this point. Six of seven games have gone down to the end. And I want to see that continue. Keep fighting. Make it a game all the way until the end. Um, so that's what I want to see. I, ideally, I'm, you know, if, if you wanted to say 28-17, it wouldn't surprise me. But I just, I, I want to see this team continuously put out week in, week out, Solid 60-minute, and please, I cannot have another 70-minute game. So please, no <laughs> no more overtime. <clears throat> and now it's even funny because the guy who comes on with me for the post-game show is my buddy Pete Smith. He's like, stop turning on your computer till the game is over. Because I'm normally like, all right, dude, just let me know when you're ready. The computer's set up, and the next thing you know, we got another 25 minutes of football. Um, but the last thing the Browns need is another overtime game. These young guys are playing way too much as it is. They're playing way too many reps. They're not getting subbed in and out enough. So it could lead, I mean, it also, the recipe is there for these guys because they played 95 snaps on defense Sunday, this defensive unit, uh, in, in the heat in Tampa. So I, I have my reservations about how they can go in. They could probably really use a bye right about now, but they aren't going to get it. So I'm going to say, you know, like I said, 28-17, you know, I'd figure 8-10 to 10 point loss for the Cleveland Browns. Interesting. So it's, it's, it's an interesting game from the Steelers' perspective because – you know, is this a revenge game? The Steelers had that game in week one. It seemed like they were, you know, they pulled out in front. They were going to win that football game. Then the Browns were back. And then it felt like, boy, the Browns are going to win this game in overtime. And that game ends up a tie, which a tie that really for Steeler fans felt like a loss because, uh, again, uh, they, they had their moments in that game where they could have put the game away and they did not. But then you look at where the Steelers are right now, <laughs> just as far as the, the, the season and how it's played out. Yeah, the Steelers looked like they were a dead and buried football team after they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. On Sunday Night Football, they fight back in Atlanta. They fight back in in Cincinnati. Get this season back on track. Three, two, and one. They finally got some momentum. But then, you know, it all comes screeching to a halt with the bye week. Uh, a midseason bye week right here, week seven, should be a pretty good bye week. And you usually want a bye week though if you're starting to get you know, the injuries are piling up or you got a couple losses in a row and you want to regroup. For the Steelers, you know, coming off the Falcons win, coming off of the Bengals win, just want to see more football. This team started to play well, especially defensively. Certainly looked like a more competent team. Now you come out of the bye week, you got the Browns at home. Is this a revenge game for what happened in week one? Or is this one of those classic Mike Tomlin team plays down to their opponent? But again, can you even say that because they tied this team week one? Because they got they got the Baltimore Ravens next week. That's a humongous game for this team. Again, they can kind of put 
the the Ravens in the rearview mirror as far as we talk about the AFC North. It's going to be an interesting game. I, I think the Steelers and the Browns are going to play another close one. The Browns really don't. You know, I know that this is going to be in Pittsburgh, and so yeah, the Browns going on the road, that kind of thing. It's interesting that this is actually the first game the Steelers and Browns have played in Heinz Field that has any sort of significance, I think, in like three years. They, they, they scheduled this game week 17 the last two years, and it's been Landry Jones starting the game. Uh, this will be the first time Ben Roethlisberger gets a chance to start in Pittsburgh against the Browns, but I think it's going to be a close one. I, again, I, I think the pressure that they're going to put on Ben Roethlisberger, you know, it's going to get there as it did last time. It's going to be all about the Steelers not turning the football over, finished drives. They had that game against the Bengals two weeks ago where they, they had two drives in that game. They didn't finish those drives. They ended up kicking field goals in that game at the end. You know, it was very close, came down to that last-second touchdown by Antonio Brown. I, I imagine this one's going to be very close. Again, Baker Mayfield's the kind of quarterback. David Njoku is the kind of tight end, and Jarvis Landry's the kind of wide receiver who can put some hurting on, on a Steeler <coughs> linebacking core and Steeler secondary that still has holes. I mean, we, we talk about it today, but the Artie Burns, Cam Sutton, Cody Sensabaugh problem at outside corner is not going yep. away anytime soon. Uh, and I think that that is a, a that is something that Todd Haley is specifically going to attack in this football game, and then also the middle of the field as well with David Njoku. Uh, I, I have the Steelers winning this one 23-20 in what is a, a close football game. Uh, it's, again, like I said, it's going to come down to turnovers. The Steelers can't make any big turnovers. And defensively, if you can force a young quarterback in Baker Mayfield into a mistake, I, again, I think that's, that's the kind of thing they're going to need to do in what I imagine is going to be another close Steelers-Browns matchup. The thing that shocks me is you guys have one division game left after this week? Yeah. yeah they, well, well uh, after next week, obviously. After next week. Yeah, yeah. After they, they, wow. they loaded it up quickly. And you know what's funny about that is every, you know, the Ra- Ravens fans were coming to Steelers fans before the season and saying, oh, the NFL helped you out by putting all your division games early because now you'll have the division Well, how's that look? Up. <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite. <laughs> not quite so, so much. I mean, again, if the Steelers, if they get by the Browns, I, I, you know, again, it does put some space in between the Steelers and Browns. So then you got the Browns in the rearview mirror. And I guess the same can be said about the Ravens. But boy, if the Steelers were to lose one of these football games, it's going to be a dogfight to the end. And they don't have a matchup with the Ravens or, or Browns late in the year. I mean, they have one against the Bengals. That game is week 17. You know, looking at what we've seen from the Bengals the last two weeks, it feels like, you know, they're about to they're about to go on their slide like they do every year. So. Yeah, I, the Steelers only have one more division game left after the Ravens next week. Yeah, every, everything else is is all these big AFC matchups. They have the Jaguars, they have the Patriots, and they've got a tough schedule coming up. I, I really, I really think that this could be the the type of game where they're looking past their opponent a little bit. You know, the Tomlin Tomlin teams in these moments they have a tendency to kind of play down and play a close game when they shouldn't. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing. The one thing is you know because uh, a lot you know a lot of Browns fans pointed to a lot of things um, at the end of the half. Baker Mayfield ran for what was going to be a first down because he carried the ball in the wrong hand. He fumbled it. It went out of bounds. They lost the first down. It was halftime. They get the field goal there. Guys, they would have never went to overtime. If on the QB sneak where they did not score and Tampa took over at the one, if he had ran Nick Chubb, he got the touchdown, they would have never went to overtime. So, you know, they're maybe getting closer on the road, but obviously this is the ultimate test on the road. And if they were able to pull it off, which would be crazy enough as it is, the AFC North is absolutely 110% wide open because I don't even know if he'd have a team with a winning record at that point. So it's going to be crazy how it works out. But I'm looking forward to a fun game on Sunday, Tony. Yeah, this is this is going to this is going to be really fun. I'm I'm excited for for Baker Mayfield and watching this young Browns team go up against the, the Steelers. All right, guys, for Tony Serino, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. For me, uh, guys, Jeff Lloyd, your host here on the Locked On Browns podcast. Crossover Wednesdays brought to you by Vivid Seats. 
uh, we, we do enjoy in, do, doing these crossover shows because there's so many of us here at the network. It's hard to keep up with everybody's work, but it's nice to get together here, and especially with the divisional guy now. Me and Tony, right, you know, right here, got to spend uh, you know over over an hour together here this season. Uh, you know, hopefully we're both here a long time. We can do this in the fall. Uh, everybody, enjoy the game Sunday. Enjoy the rivalry. It's one of the better ones in the NFL, and hopefully as Cleveland's getting better, it'll continue to grow and, and get back to the rivalry that it used to be. Tony, had an absolute pleasure, buddy. Yeah, great talking to you. All right, guys. Everybody enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon.